Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, good morning and welcome in Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Once again, Craig Bish and Joe Ranieri here with you on the show. Hopefully you have had a good weekend and also a really good Monday. And we're off and running here on this Tuesday, April the 28th, closing out on the month and hopefully getting closer to some sports. Coming up a little bit later in the show, Howard Bender is going to join us from Fantasy Alarm. We'll dive into some of the fantasy ramifications from the 2020 NFL draft and, of course, move on to some potential baseball discussion as well. And, Joe, good to see you. Good to be back with you here on this Tuesday. What's happening? I don't know. I feel like it's this whole different outlook on uh, on everything here. I just feel like it's we're close here, Mish. I feel like we are close. I feel like we are closer than we've been in, in a long time to getting some uh, normalcy back and getting some sports back and uh, knock on wood all continues to uh, move forward like this and uh, a path to some normalcy, especially with the world of sports. And I think the NFL helped with the 55 million people who tuned in to sure. day three of a draft, uh, you know, included that uh, that was filled with a bunch of players who will never make the team. But man, that was a lot of interest in uh, in three days of football there. And I think the sports community has spoken and said, yes, uh, we will support it if you give it to us. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think so. And, and hopefully we'll have an NBA draft and a Major League Baseball draft. Yes. You know, it's interesting. Before we get into sports today, somebody asked me this question. Mm-hmm. And it was an easy answer for me because <laughs> right around my birthday, I was able to answer uh, what I did. But we've, we've been basically, I mean, you go back and forth to a studio. Right. And so, you know, you're out probably more than I am, to be honest with you. But somebody said, what is the best meal that you've had thus far. And my wife has cooked a lot and has made some really good meals. I also had stone crabs one time. Okay. But Joe, Joe, what would you say your best meal has been since this all started? Are you like just eating normal or have you changed your habits as well? I think you said you bought a lot of pasta. Yeah, I do a lot of pasta, but without a doubt, it's easy. Hands down, it's gotta be, uh, you know, Sunday dinner at my parents. So my mother's sauce and that's gonna be it. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's the one thing, and because, you know, she's the old school Italian mom, she makes enough food to feed the entire neighborhood. So it's just, you know, here, here's uh, here's food for the week kind of thing. I'm like, that, thanks, I got it. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, yeah, I eat uh, all good to go. I don't have to worry about that. So all I got to do is make one say. trip up north, and I'm good to go. That's <laughs> so it. Sun- Sunday covers you Done. for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Basically. Woman or maybe an army. Yes, a woman just makes more food than, than humanly possible. Yes, somebody's got to eat it. Because then she makes you feel bad having starving kids. I know. know. I've heard that one, too. I've heard that one. Yep. Sure. All right. So that that makes sense. Mom's cooking. My wife's cooking. Yeah, I guess we're we're both in in good spots with that. Exactly. I wouldn't mind. I'll trade you a couple of meatballs for a few stone crabs here. I got no problem with that. I only had it one time. I only (laughs) had it one time. They're in season, too, are they not? I know. And that's interesting, too. I wonder if they're going to extend the season. Because I would have to imagine that the amount of stone crabs that were eaten is probably, like, 10% 10% of what it normally is. Yep. Usually the season ends uh, May 15th. May, so. right? Yeah, it's just around the corner, too. So I, I don't think they're going to end it. No, no. Even, I, mean, I, I mean, they could have it year-round now, I would guess. I mean, they, they always 
they, they stop it because they want the, the crabs to regenerate their right. claws. That's, that's the correct. reason why. But now they're not even being caught. So Nope. Nope. There's going to be some being... excess. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe they were winter. giving lobsters away. They were selling lobsters for like 50 cents a pound in some places because that was, wow. I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is very interesting here that you can finally go uh, all out and have yourself a surf and turf for like three bucks. That's great. Yeah. yeah, the thing with the stone crabs is, is that almost no matter what, they'll stop in November or December because yes. once the crabs get cold, it, it sticks to the shell and it's it just becomes almost impossible. I mean, you can eat it. It's right. just it's it's not fun. You know, it's it's a lot. Of, it's no. too much work for people. Exactly. So I would guess maybe through June or July, but uh, that's a good well, question. I'm gonna have to look into that. That's it. Make sure, maybe don't forget, fix. you know, throw a couple extra claws in for your friend over here. Thanks. I got, I got right. you covered. Jeff. Thank you very I got much. Beatballs for stone crabs. Appreciate it. You got it. We're in. All right. Uh, the news <laughs> of the day came yesterday late in the afternoon, and, and, I, and it was a little bit depressing, but I guess tempered with some optimism, too, which is yesterday, as we discussed on the show, the NBA was considering mm -hmm. opening up camp on May the 1st. A lot of teams were making uh, different announcements saying, whoa, 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 this is not camp. This is individual players. And, you know, there's going to be all these rules in place. And then they pushed that thing back, Joe, late yesterday to May the 8th. And so, you know, I, I don't know that I look at it as positive or negative one way or the other. I looked at it as a positive initially because with all of the other sports being discussed, right. such as NASCAR, such as some golf tournaments starting to happen, I kind of lumped the NBA in with this. Mm -hmm. But it looks like a little bit of a delay for another week. I, I still have to say, though, I'm mildly and cautiously optimistic that if the NBA has decided to do this, if this works and it works in May, then maybe in June we'd actually see some NBA games being played. Yeah, and I think we're close. I, I really do. I think that's just kind of the first step. And, and again, I think the great thing about the NFL and the way they've approached all of this is that while everyone else was scrambling to try to make changes to their season, the NFL was like, we're full steam ahead. Like, we're going to yeah. have our draft. We're going to have free agency. You know, and all the same people that crucified the NFL for doing this, by the way, for holding this draft and how absurd it was to let free agency go, are also the same people who are saying now how wonderful it was that the NFL, you know, kept Yeah, what happened course. to those people? Yeah, well, it's the same people, too. It's what cracks me up. And, you know, it's amazing when you strip down all the glitz and the glamour, how great. You, you were crucifying them a couple of weeks ago. But I do think the ratings speak volumes to those leagues that might be more concerned with what social media thinks about their move of getting back on the courts or getting back in the arenas. None of this is going to include fans, but I do think that the ratings show that, listen, the people that matter, your consumer base, will support sports coming back in some capacity. So if that's what they're worried about, I would not worry about what the naysayers on Twitter have to do. Yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, I mean, with the amount of money that is out there for these teams in terms of advertising yep. and, and marketing and everything else, I would guess that we'll see something in June for sure. But yep. again, still got to make sure that under the CDC guidelines and yep. along those lines that everyone still continues to stay safe. Hopefully yep. we will have that. This is also a very big week for the uh, Korean Baseball League, where yeah. if some of those games do, you know, start, and it looks like they are going to be on TV uh, a little bit later in the week. A lot more that would fanfare in that league. Am I not correct? Like that, like watching the ball, a lot of little showmanship going on in that um, league? Yeah, it, 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 
it's not it's not Japanese baseball. It's I mean I, I don't know that people would consider the the Korean baseball league on the level of of okay. some of the uh, Japanese leagues. But look, some good players have gone over there and mm-hmm. and have had a lot of success. They've also come back too. And uh, Dan Straley is pitching in that league. Yes. And you know, so you know, uh, we'll bad see. flips? Are we like are we talking showmanship here, or is it very? Oh, hard you know I, you know I don't know. I'm not. That's a good question. I'm not really sure about all that. But I, I know that ta- I know from a talent standpoint, it's not the KBO right. is above some of the others, but below uh, probably what's in Japan. So but Japan, the money you'd is really put up good. there. Japan, you would put as the closest thing to. Uh, I, I think so. To what? I, okay. I think so. And yeah. China yeah. doesn't uh, not the same level of uh, um, as what Japan. It's about at. yeah, um, you know, it's it's a little bit different, and you know, you don't really hear a ton of. Uh, Taiwanese and Chinese players coming to the United States. You know, some do every right. once in a while. It's just not as prevalent as as Japanese. And mm. and really, the KBO, as I said, is kind of stepped down from Japan. Um, and and the players who go to play in Japan certainly have their choice. But the KBO, notoriously over the last few years, is paying a lot more money Real? than oh, the Japanese. Siphoning the US, some of the talent, US huh? Nice. A million dollars a player. Wow. Wow. A guy's trying to make a team much. here, Joe. And a guy's trying to make a team here and make 400 grand. He gets a guaranteed million in the, I the did KBO. not realize it was that much money. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, no one's on going over there getting paid less than a million. Smart on their part. Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. So it could work out there. <laughs> Along those lines with baseball, uh, ESPN reported yesterday that the thought process is more and more that there won't be a minor league baseball season. And I think for most people, Joe, this this doesn't really affect them, and for what we do, doesn't really affect us either. But make no mistake about it, when we start diving more into fantasy baseball, and even in terms of doing some baseball futures, this is going to be very prevalent. We're going to have no idea if there is no minor league season when some of these kids will be playing in the major leagues. If there are expanded rosters, do they automatically get to play in the major leagues? That could certainly be a possibility. What does that do to service time? And so uh, there hasn't been a lot of discussion about the uh, minor league teams, but I think that we're going to have to start opening up that door pretty quickly because where are the players in the majors going to get their reserves from if things go wrong? Yep, exactly. What that's telling me is get ready for a huge roster. If they're not going to have any minor league baseball, that means we're talking about excessive rosters uh, way more than what we're used to, which also means that at that particular point, my word, I, you know, from a fantasy uh, perspective, pitching, good luck. Good luck trying to figure out rotate because now you can just, everyone's on the roster. Now you can rotate guys in like we've never seen before. Right. Yeah, no, and I, I think mm. that's a very fair point. Um, you know, service time is going to have to start for mm-hmm. some of those rookies. I don't think baseball teams are going to have the opportunity to just kick them around in the minors for a couple of months and, right. then, uh, you know, have them not accrue service time. I think that's going to have to change for sure. So, look, we'll still have to see. We don't know what kind of rules are going to be in place. Right. And they certainly are uh, going to have to uh, change that if indeed that is the case. Mm. Um, interesting NFL conversation just kind of percolating over the last couple of days. It seems like the news cycle has been focusing a lot on the New England Patriots, Joe, <laughs> and their quarterbacking situation. Very rare to hear Bill Belichick, the head coach, uh, open up with anything and essentially said that that the draft didn't go according to plan. With Belichick, I'm not really sure if he's just kidding around, if he's trolling us to a degree or what the situation is. And it's really interesting when you look at Jared Stidham and maybe what he could have been uh, coming out of college a couple of years ago if he would have 
you know, hung around or maybe would have played a little bit better. Maybe he would have been a first or second round pick. But it certainly does seem as though Belichick's got that thing on his shoulder now and is, just wants to show everybody that he can make this guy Jared Stidham into their starting quarterback. It is a little shocking that with the exception of picking a guy up off the scrap heap to use as an undrafted free agent, Two which guys. is what they did. Yeah. A couple of guys. <laughs> yeah. So so they'll be in camp. You need four quarterbacks in camp. I mean, you got to have it. Yep. You're, you're going to have more than Stidham and Hoyer. But the I don't know how Cam Newton is still the favored quarterback to go to the Patriots because that's what it is right now. That's where he stands. He's the favorite. I don't see that at all. No. It is really perplexing to see New England go from round one to round seven and not take a guy. It almost leads me to believe that bet the over on all of Stidham's numbers because just based on volume, he's going to get those starts. When you when you think about Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, you know, you you seem to forget everything, even the 20 years that Tom Brady was there, the in-betweens and the people who have left New England and gotten paid serious money because the one thing yeah. Bill Belichick, New England do better than anybody is they put guys in a position to succeed and to be successful. So it doesn't necessarily translate when they go to other places and they're asked to do more. But Bill Belichick has never been a guy, especially early on in Tom Brady's career, they didn't ask Tom Brady to go out and win games. They just asked him, don't go lose the game. And that's right. exactly what they're going to do with Jared Stidham, too. Make the right decision, put the ball on target, and we'll move on to the next play. Did you think that any of the backups that New England has had over the past few years would end up being stars? Because for us to say no mm. is a little foolish because legitimate NFL general managers thought that the Patriots' backups were going to be stars. Yep. And the list is basically simple. It is Matt Castle. Yep. It is Ryan Mallett. Yep. It is Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, do you throw Hoyer in there too or no? I listen to Hoyer, I think, also. A great success, another uh, journeyman kind of thing. But again, these, these guys all had the most success in New England. And why is that? Because New England doesn't... But Mallett have... had no success, Joe. He never did a thing. Well, he was kind of terrible all his thing. But again, it, they thought enough of him that if push came to shove and they needed Mallett to come into a game, they, they were never going to ask him or... Uh, Matt Castle or any of these guys to do more than a what, Castle played there. a whole year. He, he did. He didn't have a choice. Mallet never played a down and, 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 no, and got, got a first-round pick for him. And still got paid. That's, and that's what Belichick does better than Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo would have been the heir apparent. To, he'd I have gotten so. Brady a year. That would have never happened last year. But again, Brady you know, went right behind uh, Belichick and superseded him to Robert Kraft. But that was always going to be Bill Belichick's right. Garoppolo was going to be the heir apparent a year early, not a year late. Yeah. And, and look, Garoppolo, for what it's worth, seems to be pretty good. Yeah. But we can't really put him in that category mm -hmm. of top five quarterback or top 10 quarterback. Still makes a lot of mistakes. And San Francisco seems to be a more of a running team. But it's yep. just fascinating to me that New England, all of these years, uh, took Castle in the draft. Yep. They took Garoppolo in the draft. They yep. took Ryan Mallett in the draft. And in a year that they actually need a quarterback, they don't take one. That's it's just, right. It's, it's just, it just shows you, I guess, how much they really must like this kid. I mean, They're I, never going to force a quarterback. Like, I don't, I don't see Bill Belichick ever going and, and mortgaging the house to move up and take a shot at a guy. Garoppolo is, what, a second rounder? Um, and the only reason he took him at that point was because he was available and it, it made the most sense, but they're never going to reach for a quarterback. They don't find them to be 
that important, and they're never going to be bad enough to be in the top five to be able to go get a top-flight quarterback. I, I didn't see their number move all that much on FanDuel, right. and I'm really surprised because I wanted to do a whole thing today mm-hmm. on the show about all the moving numbers right. from before and after the draft. I did notice the odds moved a little bit, but right. not a lot of movement, Joe, in no. terms of the season win totals. I thought maybe a couple would move by a half or maybe a win. I mean, some went from, like, minus 140 to minus 120, like, back a little bit. Some went from minus 110 to minus 125. Yep. But not as much movement as I thought. I don't know if that means a lot of that the players aren't impact players going to the NFL, but... How much time are they going to have with their teams? I mean, that's another unknown right now. To me, I... Maybe it's just, yeah. My plan of attack is unders. All season long when it starts, like, the first five, six weeks, give me under the total here, guy, because... Right now, we're talking about there's a possibility these rookies and even the veterans, they're not going to be able to work together until what? Training camp, maybe? So that's a lot of time right now in between now and then where instead of working together and getting the timing down, it's going to take them a little bit longer. Except for Kansas City. I'm not going under. I'm with you on that. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe Oakland. I don't don't know. (laughs) Every other team except for Kansas City. Except for Kansas City. Can't ever go under on Kansas City. And San Francisco will run all over you. So they'll just scheme you to death. So, yeah. All right. So uh, we're (laughs) off and running here today on the show. Coming up next, it's time for a little This Day in Fantasy Sports History. As well as a long list of fantasy sports birthdays. And beyond that, one of the birthdays is a member of the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll spend some time... Mm -hmm on their season win total, also their odds on winning the Super Bowl and the division this year. Don't forget, you can always like and subscribe to our show on YouTube and also set your notifications on. And every single day, the show will get automatically sent right to your inbox. Mm -hmm. Fantasy Sports Today, every day, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Not just our show, but all of the other great shows. Go back and watch some of our draft coverage on demand. We were nailing some of those picks and some really good analysis after the picks were made. We'll be right back, right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Ranieri here with you on the show. We got you until 1 o'clock Eastern. Don't forget, you can catch Joe and Dane every morning on the early line. Anything that's happening in the world of sports betting, have you gotten into any bullfighting? Uh, bull riding, excuse me. Bull riding, Joe. Bullfighting, is that a Bullfighting is actually, I'm sure that's somewhere that we, we bet can on find. That. Yes, I'm sure. I saw ping pong this morning. Did you? Nice. Yeah, some ping pong I saw, some nice. soccer I'm completely unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. I understand there's some uh, German uh, Bundesliga on its way back, from what I understand. So, okay. A little right. Germany soccer coming your way. I'm excited. All right. Feels listen, it. Not... Just, it feels it. It feels like good things are going to happen. Here. Yep. 
We're getting there. Yep. Getting closer every day. Well, today is April the 28th, 2020. So you know how we do it always on this show. Mm -hmm. Usually, for those of you who are regular watchers or listeners, about uh, 20 minutes into the show, we go through this day in fantasy sports history and also tell you whose birthday it is in fantasy sports and then what kind of relevance they had in the fantasy sports world. And we tackle that. So figured we would start off to today and uh, kind of dive into it, Joe. You ready to go? Love it. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. So we start off with 1988. What a disaster. The Orioles, are you kidding me? 21 losses in a row. People forget just how bad that Orioles team was. They had Cal Ripken on that team, too, by the way. How does Jeez. that happen? I don't know. Yeah. Good question. And, uh, his dad got fired, by the way, as the manager of that team. Um, I mean, how does any baseball team, Joe, lose 20 games in a row in this day and age? It um, seems like there's so much randomness now that it, it would be almost impossible. Good point. That it, just the randomness alone would make it virtually impossible. It's not something would you, I would Would you on. just blind bet it in? Would you, after the Orioles lose like 10 or 11 in a row, what kind of better are you? Are you the guy that is the trend is your friend and you go against them? Or do you say, oh, it's got to end sometime and you bet No, no, them. no. I ride it until you can't ride it anymore. I, I said, agree. Uh, ride it right into the ground. Absolutely. If I agree. I like it. I if it ain't broke, trend. don't fix it kind of guy, that's the kind of better I am. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, people. Don't look for a reason I know to fix People it. are like, oh, they got to win sometime yeah, after no. 17 losses in a row. Maybe not. Nope. <laughs> really not. That's like saying Chris Davis has eventually got to hit a home run. Mm, not necessarily. Right. Not necessarily. Like the over hit five times in a row. Can't yeah. happen again. <laughs> and it will. 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> All right, to 2003, Andre Agassi had a very good renaissance late in his tennis career. At the age of 33, he became tennis's oldest number one player. Wow. And, and Agassi, you know, kind of was interesting tennis career. He started off as... The one that everybody wanted to see. He was very flashy, doing all the commercials, had the long hair. And then Joey shaved the head. And, yep. and he ended up being the number one player in the world, like five years after he was the number one. Like, took years off. I'm not even sure what was going on with Agassi during that time. Good point. Yeah. He was a, he had a strange. Yeah. He had a couple of different eras that he was really relevant in. He was kind of like the, the wild child early on. Then. Is he married to Steffi Graf still? Steffi Graf and Brooke Shield. Yeah, like that whole era. I'm fairly certain he's still married to Steffi Graf. What a double Steffi Graf that is. is a great, great player. Oh, goodness. Very this cool. day, we, we should do a t top 10 tennis. Oh, that would. That, now you're talking. Now if we, you're if, talking we if we're down to doing that, it's, it, you know, it's going to be June or July. My yes. hair will be out to here. Your, your hair will be. Yep. You know, are you, have you gotten a haircut yet? No, I have not. It's just, Me yeah, either. It just keeps growing. It just grows and grows. It's, yeah. We're getting by with it. Agassi had some hair back in the day, too. He did, he, and yeah, then he, he shaved did. it. Yep. Yeah. He was actually a better player later on in his career than he was true. early it's on. True. He was a little bit of a wild child early on, but then as he got older, he got better. And that was uh that was interesting. It was a hell of an era when he was there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, now now to the work. NFL draft. <laughs> oh wow. And now yeah, th three different days. I, I can't believe that the NFL draft was, was on April the 20th. I thought that early April used to be for the draft. I guess I was completely wrong because this day in, on April the 27th, we had three different drafts go off. Wow. The 2007 one, Jamarcus Russell was the top pick in the draft by the Raiders. If you want to go back and watch On Demand, Joe and I dove very hard into his career when yep. he was with LSU, one of the biggest busts in the history of the NFL, just – I mean, it wasn't good from day one. Nope. You know, there's some there's some guys who are okay, 
Like, you know, Ryan Leaf was okay at the beginning. Like, you thought maybe that, like, there was never a chance for Jamarcus Russell. Like, it no. was never good from the first second he was on no. the field. No, he, he didn't have that kind of work. Jamarcus Russell, to him, the end game was the draft. Like, was, get it, pick number one, and then nothing else mattered after that because he knew he was going to get paid. It wasn't about the draft was everything he had worked for was get to the draft, be the number one pick, get your payday, and be done it. with it. And he got it. And he won. It was done. Yep. He was done. Those right are some that. lean Raiders years right there. Ooh. Randy Moss on those teams? He was on one of them. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he and was. They on went one from of them. Marcus Russell to uh, Dante Culpepper, right? Yeah, that, it, just a bad stray. It was not good there at the end. Just not good. All it's right, 2011, four years later, Cam Newton, top pick in the NFL draft for the Panthers. That certainly worked out. He'll probably be a Hall of Famer, still waiting on a team. Did you yep. put any more thought into Cam Newton's team possibility? I know that's been a hot topic still. So. Just for the life of me, I can't figure it out. I just don't. How is how is New England the favorite? I don't get that one at all. Uh, I don't know. I, it's not a good fit, and I don't see it happening at, at, at all. I just – we went through – it was funny, Dan and I on the – uh, on the early line, we went through yep. all 32 teams and asked the question <laughs> of which, you know, how many teams would you, everything being equal, would you rather have the starting quarterback of that particular team right now, or would you rather have Cam Newton? And there were 22 teams that we would take Cam Newton over oh, yeah. before anything. He's still a top 12, 13 quarterback in the NFL. It's just crazy that we're at a point now where he doesn't have a job. I, I see a lot of Jacksonville being suggested, no. and that's only if they're trying to win. I don't uh, think so. You, you know, you know it, it was interesting. If if Cam Newton, if this was a baseball scenario, mm -hmm. and I know this is like apples to oranges, but if this is a baseball scenario, what you do is you sign Cam Newton and then you trade him at the deadline. Great you know? point. Yep, absolutely. But I don't but think he wants anything to do with a – like he wants to go start somewhere. I don't know where he can. That's the he problem. probably should, but – yeah. The other the other thing is he can't even take a physical. I know he's been hurt. It's been hard for anybody to get physicals done too. A lot can happen between now though and the start of the season. So it'll be interesting. Now in 2016, there were some that liked Jared Goff and some that didn't. But right after that second year that Jared Goff played, we would have looked back and said, This guy is a superstar. I mean, 40, 50 touchdowns, four thousand yards, big contract. I was sold on Jared Goff. And then I don't know what's happened since then <laughs> because they more or less have the same players. You know, it's it's not like they don't. I mean, Gurley is not Gurley anymore. I get that. But he still had Cooks, still had Woods, still had a pretty good offensive line. And I don't know, Joe. Like, they're definitely regretting that money. That's all I can say. I, I'm with you. I don't get it. It's the strangest. Damned. I didn't agree with that. I didn't like the pick then. I don't like the pick now. Right, I, but in the middle, it looked really good. He was amazing two years ago. He looked great, but again, product of the environment, a lot less to do with him and a lot more to do with the what was uh, around him. I, I don't. You're going to ask, and I also don't think they've done a great job, especially last year, of putting him in a position to succeed. You can't ask Jared Goff to throw the ball 55 times in a game and expect to win. If you're doing that, you're not going to win. That's not who he is as a quarterback. Well, the pressure's on him this year, for sure, yeah. which is why I think and Cam, his coach. I think Cam Newton's going to end up there. Oh, I like the way you're going with that. like that. All right, so that's this day in fantasy sports. Mm -hmm. Now let's get to some celebrations. Ooh. We're going to 
blow out some candles. We've got hey, some we got? fantasy sports Ooh, birthdays. Of course, start I had to uh, throw Ron Zook on. Of course there. you did. He's a Gator. I know what the home. I had to out. throw Ron Zook on yeah. there. You just happened to stumble across that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I know it didn't work out for him in Florida or Illinois or, or really anywhere else yeah. as a head coach, but a he was nice to me. I, I I always liked Ron Zook. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I was a fan of him. Um, it just didn't work out. No. You know? he, he wasn't meant to be a head coach in the NFL. No. I mean, that's, or I'm sorry, in, in uh, college football, but he got his shot. I don't know why the Gators hired him in the first place. Um, maybe Some they guys were are a better vice president. Left. That's all. Some guys, I think Todd Bowles is in that same category oh, there. Yeah. Better, better VPs, just not great presidents. That's all. But I'm a fan. I, I'm a, of course I'm you're a fan. He's a gator. I like him. Good, gator good. Very, very good to me. Yep. All right. Uh, Hall of Famer, 1964, born in 64, Barry Larkin. Mm. Great shortstop of the era in the 90s for sure. Ended up getting in the Hall of Fame a few years ago. Not yep. much to add there. Uh, John Daly. We're back with some John Daly mentions here on the show. We talked about him, I, I think, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. It's his birthday today. JD. Yep. I can only imagine, Joe. What What do you think is on the menu for a John Daly birthday? No, it's probably uh, definitely a six of Schlitz and, uh, and a couple of packs of Marlboro Reds. I'm sure in front of a slot machine. If I know John Daly, uh, and that's uh, and, right. like, that's it. it. He's there. He's uh, one of a guy that's very hard not to like. Not uh, very hard not to like. Good guy. Just like to see. Like to see him around. Yeah, he's yeah. just a mess. Yeah. Okay, we go to another a couple more baseball birthdays. Uh, 1983, we got David Freeze who retired this mm. past offseason. Never quite, uh, you know, never never quite became the player that I think a lot of people thought, but was the basic hero of the 2011 World Series and was the World Series MVP yeah. for the St. Louis Cardinals. Had some monstrous shots for them. And then went on to play for the Dodgers. Had some big hits for them as well. Uh, I'm a big David Freeze fan. Some people thought that this was going to be a 30 home run, 100 RBI guy yeah. every year. He was not. But he was, uh, you know, it, it's hard to quantify saying clutch anymore. People don't say, well, guys aren't clutch. It's all, all right. about the stats. But this guy came up in some big moments in that World Series, uh, especially against Texas when they were down and just... Some guys, amazing. just it's hard to put your finger on it. Some guys, there are some guys that you would say, I'd rather him up with two strikes, nobody out. I'd, I'd rather David Freeze to be up than a lot of other no superstars. Like A-Rod, if you told me A-Rod or Freeze, you needed a you needed a, uh, a big hit to, to um, give me David Freeze all day long. Hey, World Series long. MVP, not taking all that away from him. Nope, exactly. um, Matt Chapman was born in 1993 on this day, one of the better offensive third basemen in baseball, one of the better defensive third basemen in baseball, kind of unheralded and then really came into his own last year if they do play this year. And fantasy, Matt Chapman, without a doubt, is a top-five third baseman, also a great defender. And then uh, shout-out to Demarcus Lawrence, born in 1992 yes. for the Dallas Cowboys. And so uh, Demarcus Lawrence, of course, David Cantor, who we had on the show uh, right before the draft, that's his agent. Yeah. Lawrence, one of the highest-paid players in the NFL. Yeah, he did uh, big things expected for him, Anchor, in that defense. So, like everything else, though, it'll be uh... – a lot of tears and regret, Dallas. Yeah. Always well, does. speaking of which, mm -hmm. we're going to transition into the Cowboys Ooh. here a little bit. And with Give me the, the under. That... <laughs> All right, guys, have a great day. It's like oh, it's very it. Notre Dame and Dallas. Yeah, like those it. two teams are, you know, usually 
uh, against them, against the spreads. You, you know, people like to bet them. They don't always cover. They don't always hit their number for sure. Nope. Uh, but let's take a look here at the Dallas Cowboys uh, futures odds for 2020, building off the Demarcus Lawrence conversation. And by the way, uh, this is courtesy of FanDuel mm -hmm. here. Uh, the NFC East Dallas is plus 105, so they're basically even money there, Joe. Interesting. Uh, to win the uh, Pro Football Championship, they can't say Super Bowl on the website. I get it. Uh, 17 to 1, plus 1,700. Those of you who are unclear as to what that means, it's just basically 17 to 1. And then their season win total moved a little bit. It went from minus 140 to minus 150 on the over at 9.5, and, and the under 9.5 is plus 125. So mm. anything stand out to you with the Cowboys based on anything they did in the draft or did not do. And if there's any value at all, I guess getting a little bit of plus money on the NFC East, I, I suppose that you could go that direction. The NFC East was just a disaster all of last year. Any chance the Giants are a little better? Any chance the Redskins are a little better? Any chance Philadelphia takes a, a better step this year? Yeah, and I, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Are you Team Dallas or Team Eagles? Because it's going to be one of those two uh, battling. Uh, I do think the Giants are going to be uh, better, a little bit more competitive this year. I thought they had a great draft. I think Washington, uh, although the results weren't there last year, it was a mess of a season. But uh, coaching plays a huge part in the NFL. And I think they got a couple of guys there that uh, in Jack Del Rio and Rivera who will make it where even if they don't win, they're going to be in a lot of games that they probably shouldn't. So um, I, I do like. The Eagles' chances uh, to win, I think somebody's going to win 10 games and win this division. I'm not sold that it's going to be the Cowboys at this particular point because they didn't do enough on the defensive side of the ball, as far as I'm concerned, uh, to be able to make them uh, the clear favorite in the NFC East. And, and why are they holding out with this Dak Prescott money? You know they're going to have to pay him. Like, they've got no other choice. Just, you, I, I, mean, I mean, the Cowboys without Dak Prescott playing 16 games will go 2-14. and 14. Yep. And I listen, Mike McCarthy, new coach, new system. New, uh, there's a lot on. Yeah, I mean, just to lay it down. I mean, look at these numbers. Uh, I mean, nine and a half. You're talking that laying minus 150 at, at nine and a half. So Dallas is going to win 10 games. I don't know what Mike McCarthy is going to bring to the table. I have no idea. Guy did nothing but uh, undervalue, uh, you know, never lived up to the hype while he was in uh, in Green Bay. Should have had at least two or three Super Bowls. They got one. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot more value in that plus 125 number. Yeah, I mean, maybe taking Philadelphia is uh, certainly the way to go there. But look, I mean, Dallas decided to pay uh, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, before paying Dak Prescott. Um, but the one story that always is the same with Jerry Jones is that the guys may hold out, but eventually they get paid. I think that's going to be the deal with Dak. I mean, look, he's probably not the best quarterback in the NFL or second best, but he's better than 20-plus other guys. I right just now. want to spend one night on Jerry's yacht. That's all. Just give me like one night on the yacht. Jerry, come down, pick us up. Mish and I pick us up down in uh, in port. We're good to go. You know, we'll go out and then I'll bet all day long that you guys win the, uh, you win the Super Bowl. I like it. Ain't going to happen. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Yep. While we have some Do stone it. crabs and meatballs. Exactly. Let's go, Jerry. Let's go. Call us. We're here. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up next. We're going to get into a little bit of a deeper conversation about fantasy football mm. and how the draft ramifications worked out in fantasy as we bring in Howard Bender Howard. from the Fantasy Alarm. So Howard will join us next, and he'll be on with us 
coming up. And then also at the top of the hour, we'll hit on some baseball. So a full 30 minutes with the RotoBuzz guy, Howard Ooh. Bender. That's coming up next right here on SportsGrid. And don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Follow Joe Ranieri at Joe Ranieri. And let us know at SportsGrid any comments or questions on the show. We'll handle it for you. We'll be right back after this. Don't go back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. And, of course, with the NFL draft, the rearview mirror, there's some fantasy to discuss, some ramifications there, some early drafts, and, of course, a lot of fantasy baseball to not discuss. But we'll fight our way around that if we have to here on the show. Who better to talk about that with basically the man who makes it all work Mm -hmm. over at Fantasy Alarm and FantasyAlarm.com. Of course, my uh, partner on the live streams for WagerAlarm.com. Hopefully we have some of those live streams a little bit later on this year, and Howard Bender joins us now to talk about that. Howard, good morning. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and how is life? How are you? Good to see you. Um, you know, life is life. It's great to be seen. Thanks so much to you and Joe for having me on today. Um, you know, it is what it is. Shelter in place. I don't go out much anyway. I don't do a lot of socializing, so I'm okay with that aspect of it. But yeah, when you have to uh, pin all your hopes onto the NFL draft and pray that 32 general managers and head coaches don't screw it up. Um, It's a little troublesome. It's a little troublesome. Yeah, and and I know that, like us, you guys did a lot of broadcasting and and certainly covering the draft from start to finish. And and I I guess we could kind of start there. I do want to hit on baseball with you, but I guess we could kind of start with the draft. I I feel like, Howard, in, in 2020, looking at fantasy football drafts, and I know we're so far out, I won't even get involved in it, but I am sort of looking at some of the possibilities. I feel like there will be a lot of rookies drafted this year in fantasy. I just don't know that we're going to see any in the first couple of rounds, which is a little bit of a switch. Of course, Barkley a couple of years ago and McCaffrey certainly has been a stud. Uh, but but it feels like there's a lot of depth. I feel like in 12 and 15 team leagues, we'll probably have a rookie or two on our team, maybe more than we have in the past. But have you identified any players that you think right out of the box in 2020 could be starting for you at running back as maybe an RB2 or a wide receiver three? Yeah, I mean, what what you're going to end up seeing a lot of is a lot of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was taken by the Chiefs with the last pick of the first round. Um, I still think that he and Damian Williams will share that role. Um, But Edwards-Hilaire is going to be very popular in drafts. Um, Cam Akers landed in, uh, in L.A. with the Rams. And they only have Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. So uh, he should actually make a little bit of a splash. And then a lot of people are talking about Jonathan Taylor uh, supplanting Marlon Mack altogether in Indianapolis. DeAndre Swift has the opportunity to outplay Kerryon Johnson. But, you know, when I look at it here, and I think one one, one fact that I think a lot of people are forgetting, no OTAs in May. There will be no June minicamp. If sports does start up on July 4th weekend with no fans, Maybe then they get to open up training camp, but, you know, these rookies are not going to have the prep time with the team 
uh, or the coaching staff like they usually had. And I think that that's something that you really need to take into consideration when you're looking at drafting rookies. What's their prep time going to be? And if we're dealing with all of these split backfields like we do see happening, uh, which is the growing trend in the NFL, then, you know, why wouldn't the coach lean a little bit more heavily on the incumbent, uh, knowing that he's had more than ample time to prep with them? Yeah, and, and I think that's a really good point. And, and Joe and I on the show yesterday mm -hmm. were talking about that, and we were piecing together at least that we could start here with running backs and which of the ones that could really not be part of that running back by committee. And Howard, I mean, you and I all year long watch Georgia. We know how good Swift is. But, you know, mm -hmm. the bottom line is Carryon Johnson is still there. And, 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 and I watch Cam Akers, so do you at FSU. But, you know, I mean, the bottom line there is Henderson is still going to be a factor. And so I, I was trying to find someone of the bunch that could emerge. And, you know, Vaughn was the only one on Tampa that I kind of looked at and said, well, you know, I mean, old regime versus new regime. And I feel like it's just, you know, sort of even a false narrative at this point. But I, I feel like all the rookie running backs in two years from now, we're going to be talking about first or second round picks, but I'm just not so sure that anybody emerges as the guy from this class. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like there is anybody out there who is the quote unquote bell cow back that you really love to, to want to have. Uh, to work the every day, you know, every down. Ronald Jones actually kind of turned it up a little bit last year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, listen, so I, I think that they're going to want to utilize him between the tackles and Keyshawn Vaughn is basically going to turn into uh, Tampa Bay's version of James White. Now, for fantasy purposes in a PPR format, that's all fine and, and dandy. But, I mean, if you're dealing in a fantasy draft, whether it's a brand new dynasty draft right now um, or you're just you're doing a dynasty rookie pick, I'm, I'm lukewarm on a lot of these running backs. You want that early pick. You want that Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott. Because when you, once you get past the, that top group, then it really becomes dicey, not just from the rookie standpoint, but from the actual incumbent standpoint as well for NFL. Yeah, Howard, which, which team do you listen? Miami did something interesting too, didn't they? With Brieta, and now they got Howard down there. It seems to me like there's a lot of, all of a sudden, it's two and three team parlays, really. Like, hey, you get the ball, I'll get the ball. I mean, it, it's great from the standpoint of keeping the room fresh, but it's terrible from a from a fantasy perspective. It's horrible from a fantasy perspective. And you know what, what we're kind of doing right now is we're cycling backwards uh, into uh, late 90s, uh, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, when PPR became wildly abundant because you needed to counteract uh, the Sean Alexanders and the Danian Tomlinsons uh, of the world, the guys who could just literally carry you to a victory each week just on their own. We're just, we're not seeing that with the running back position anymore. And uh, and I think that that's really kind of, you know, where we, we the direction that we've gone uh, in the NFL right now. And you're going to have that, you're gonna, you know, the Jordan Howard and, uh, and, and Matt Breida situation is perfectly laid out. How many times, you know, we saw Jordan Howard bounce to two different teams uh, over the last couple of seasons. Why? Because Matt Nagy was trying to make him a pass catching back that he isn't. Mm. Philadelphia tried, Doug Peterson tried to do it also. I mean, we were told back-to-back -back seasons, well, he's good. He's, he's working on catching <laughs> passes. We're going to love to have it. And then what happens is that all of a sudden you get that third down back. So Miami, they're just, you know, they're, they're like, listen, Balazs is, is garbage. Right. Uh, Patrick Laird isn't going to do anything. So, you know, if you just say Jordan Howard is our between-the-tackles kind of guy, Matt Breida is our third-down pass-catching back, 
I mean, I think right now at this point, you're probably seeing uh, a good 75 to 80 percent of the the running backs uh, situations in the NFL turning into that tandem situation as opposed to the bell cow. Mm. Yeah, there, and, and I think that that's a big part of it, too, because none of the running backs really ended up in situations where they could just take the lead. If Swift, as an example, would have ended up in Tampa Bay, right. I, I mean, I think that he'd be a second-round pick in fantasy. But, you know, look, on Johnson, while he's almost never healthy, when he is, he's pretty good. And that's, you know, kind of the part of this is that you have to wait for some of these guys to go down. A lot of them will be great handcuffs, but... Maybe not so much starters. Now, wide receiver, on the other hand, Howard's a little bit different, I think, because I think talent may overshine some spots. I mean, clearly Dallas and Lamb, I think he may have ended up in the best spot of all. He may not be the best receiver in this thing, but he ended up at a great spot. Mm. And Howard, you know Jalen Rieger. I've been talking about him now for a couple of years. I love the spot that he ended up in Philadelphia. I mean, he's my favorite wide receiver in the entire NFL draft uh, this past year, uh, this past week. But how do you see wide receivers? I, I feel like we're going to have five or six in terms of guys that we may end up rostering. But again, I'm not so sure week one we're willing to throw these guys out at wide receiver three. No. And listen, you say CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb, uh, for fantasy purposes, landed in a horrible spot. Mm. Like They just gave Amari Cooper $100 million. He'll be there for two years. Uh, Michael Gallup is emerging. He's there, there right now. You got Blake Jarwin, who's emerging. And overall, isn't this offense supposed to all just run through Zeke? So, you know, while... For, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see it that way. For I, reality I Lamb, purposes, I, I, well, I, I Yeah, I mean, I think Lamb ends up getting... I, I don't think that they were satisfied with Gallup. I mean, I, I think... I, I don't know that they make that pick unless they are. I guess that's the way and I... See, I think it. they had to make that pick. I mean, first of all, they, they know that Amari Cooper... Uh, could be gone in two years. And then you don't know what you're going to do with Gallup with his contract. So I think when when a guy, when a talent like CeeDee Lamb falls into your lap like that, like it did for them, I mean, you have to jump on that. You have to put, you have to put team need aside for best player available when you get somebody of that talent level in CeeDee Lamb. But if you're talking just fantasy purposes here, I think Judy lands in a good spot, even though he's going to be second fiddle to Cortland Sutton. Um, I love Michael Pittman as the number two in Indianapolis uh, next to T.Y. Hilton. I think Ruggs will be inconsistent, but he's still going to get a lot of deep shots downfield. Um, and then uh, Brandon Ayuk for uh, for San Francisco. I think that's going to be a, a nice situation. I'll take all of those guys in fantasy uh, for a redraft league. I'll take all of them over C.D. Lamb. If I'm doing dynasty... Well, I think C.D. Lamb in two, three years is going to be a, a monster. Maybe I got to throw my rankings away then, Joe. Yeah, I was going to say, Howard, your rankings suck. He just went point. against everything that I uh, that, that we Howard's talked about yesterday in the show. I mean, I, I mean, Howard, I, I don't think Judy ended up uh, – Judy's my favorite guy, but I don't think he ended up in a good spot in Denver really? at all. Why? No. They run the ball. That's all they do. No, it's not all they do. I mean, listen, they haven't had any wide receivers now. Cortland Sutton really emerged. What do you mean? They and had, let's they had face Sutton it, and Sanders last John year. John Elway has spent the last how many years trying to draft himself? He finally gets a good, strong passer in Drew Locke. He was gonna, Denver was going to trade into the top 10 if they, ne if they thought it was necessary just to grab Judy. And Judy falls into... Elway's lap at 15. Elway's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, well, it's he's like, got a, 
got to get a new head coach then because Fangio, he hands the ball off, and 25 seconds later, they run the next play, they hand it off again. That's what's going on the whole year with them, not just with What Blackwell, happens but when you have Clark. Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton as your two and three wide receivers? They, they had no offense, too. He's got a point. Right. Uh, so you've got a wide receiver, oh, one Joe who's getting it. double coverage, and you got a good power <laughs> catching tight end. That's right, it. Look, That's all you have. Why are you siding with him, John? I'm just, let, let's him. talk about a real team, all right? The New York Jets, all right? My yes! favorite team. Thank you. Let's talk about ooh, the Jets. Ooh, ooh. Let's talk about Mims here and his role in this team. I mean, they're, of all the wide receivers, honestly, there's a couple of sleepers in there you got to like. Do you think Jefferson makes a big impact, uh, you know, re replacing Diggs in Minnesota? you think Mims could actually be a favorite target of Sam Darnold? Uh, I love both picks, and I think both are going to be poised to have pretty decent seasons here, considering I think Ruggs is going to be complete hit or miss. Uh, he's either mm -hmm. going to score you 30 points or he's going to cost you minus four points. It it's just the way it's going to be. Finally, somebody I can talk legit football yeah, with. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, oh, ah, <laughs> um, no, listen, I, Mims is great. I couldn't believe that Mims fell to the Jets. I could not believe. I was stunned when um, – when the Rams took Van Jefferson before Denzel Mims, yeah. I was blown away. Now, listen, Mims is he's a raw talent, but he's got such great ability. Um, the hands are solid. The wingspan is great. The speed is good. Um, you know, he needs a little bit more refinement in running his routes. But, you know, I mean, it's going to be a different style of offense than what he was used to, you know, used to over at Baylor when they could just, you know, they're just chucking it up around, you know, and, and just letting him come down with it. So I'm looking at, at Mims as a guy who you still have Brashad Perriman. You've got Jamison Crowder. Ryan Griffin is their tight end. So I think Mims is going to be a nice complimentary weapon. I'm not going to reach for him in drafts. I'm going to let him kind of fall to me. The stigma of being on the Jets will suppress some fantasy value as well. But I'm telling you, you put Sam Darnold anywhere like from the 15 to the 25-yard line, I mean, he's got now two really nice big targets yep. on the outside in Mims and Paramin uh, to be able to get that ball into the end zone a lot quicker than he's been able to. Now, at, at quarterback and tight end, we, we obviously know that Burrow will start from day one and have the most fantasy value at quarterback. I We went through tight ends yesterday real quick, Howard. Mm -hmm. I, I, we didn't really see anything. No. Like, True sample. No. <laughs> Drew Sample in Cincinnati. They used like a like a third round pick on him last year, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't see anything. I was gonna draft Howard Bender a tight end, man, because that's about you were the best one to come out, Bender. You really were. I don't understand. What the hell did the Bears what were the Bears thinking? Honestly, oh, help me out here. That I have no idea. I and I, I gotta be honest with you, I feel bad for Cole Komet. Yeah. Like I really do feel bad for him. Yep. That is that is garbage on top of garbage on top of garbage. They can't even figure out their quarterback situation right now. Nope. Um, and I think that that's going to be a huge issue for the Bears. I don't think Trubisky can put up any kind of consistency. Um, and, and they've obviously shown that they're going to uh, – that they're, they, they could turn to Nick Foles at the drop of a hat. If they do turn to Nick Foles, I don't even know if that's going to be a step up from Trubisky. Yeah, but mm. tight end-wise – yeah, this is this is not good. It wasn't. I mean, it was a good class. It wasn't a great class, but none of these guys are going to have any kind of fantasy impact in 2020 at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was good at all. <laughs> it was a horrible no. fantasy class. I'm glad I don't need a tight end in my dynasty league.
I um, thought you were talking about like the Bengals tight end situation, which is why I said Drew Sample. Oh no, no, I meant just overall. Oh, overall, no. This is this is a hot. This mess, is not dude. the draft. I mean, last year we had Fant and Hawkinson both go. You know, I mean, that this is was, like a poo emoji instead of a position. Horrible. Yeah. It's good All right. Um, I want to bring you back, but before we do, uh, before we take a break, just real quick, I know that you and I have a blast doing these uh, live streams where we go over our picks for the Golden Nugget contest on Friday night. And the super contest, and then we give our, we give the lines out and talk about which way they move and not. I gotta tell you, like Howard, that's part that's that's one of the most favorite things that I do every year when we do those and make our picks and we put our money where our mouth is and spend a lot of money on these things. I'm a little afraid that we <laughs> may not have a chance to do that this year, man. Like, I mean, I'm, I mean, I would assume the NFL is gonna play no matter what, and this is all gonna be forgotten about in three months. But I'm still a little worried about college. I mean, I enjoy doing both of these. What happened to accentuating the positive and eliminating the yeah. negative, Craig? Well, right? negative. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a little worried, you know? I'm, I'm deathly afraid there's not going to be any baseball this year. I'm well, deathly that, afraid of that. But I, 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 I think they'll play. Okay. But, but I, I'm, I'm worried that college is, is going to get pushed back. I'm not worried about the NFL. I just, I mean, I would assume they, I would assume the Super Contest will be on. They took entries for it already. So. Listen, I don't see any reason... Um, I mean, college football, if they can push it back like, you know, a month or two, I think it's it's more important for the kids who are playing college football to make sure that you do get that complete season. I mean, look at what happened, you know, this year with like the MLB draft, uh, just as an example. I mean, what happens to all those, those you know, the, the high school kids um, who aren't going to, you know, who didn't get to play, you know, the, the last couple of months of their season, right. the college kids who didn't get the, uh, the college world series, mm. like this was their big stage to, to really line up for the, uh, for the MLB draft. And now all of a sudden it's a truncated draft with, you know, what's, you know, these kids aren't getting seen. So Five rounds. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I mean, unless you want like a whole mess of more uneducated football players running around the world mm -hmm. and trying to own everything. Fantasy baseball is a hot topic, too. Howard just wrote about it in the New York Post. Mm -hmm. When we come back after the break, in hour number two, we're going to dive into what Howard says about fantasy baseball in 2020. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.